Hey, you're listening to the podcast for Mid-City Vineyard Church. Mid-City Vineyard is located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana on Canal Street. You can find us on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church, Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard, or check us out at midcityvineyard.org. My name is Brian, my wife Christy and I pastor the Mid-City Vineyard, and we're glad that you were able to uh, find us and check out this podcast. This week we will be continuing our series in Advent, and we'll be talking about joy in this podcast, and uh, looking in the book of Luke at the birth of Jesus, we, we take from that text and we get our full understanding that as Jesus is God in the flesh, and as Jesus has come to the earth to show us what God is really like, we understand that God actually is not an angry God at all, but that God is filled with love and mercy, and that God is God's self, joy. Thanks for checking us out. Hope you enjoy. So it dawned on me this week. As I, was, as I was preparing and thinking through like, what we would talk about, and, uh, it dawned on me that I have spent a lot of times as, as a teacher and as a pastor, I have spent a lot of time making a case for God over the last uh, 17, 18 years that I've been teaching and, 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 and pastoring and trying for a very long time to convince people what God is like. And it dawned on me this week that that's a very uh, that's a very interesting thing to actually do, since we know exactly what God is like by simply looking at Jesus. <laughs> so I thought we I've spent a lot of time. I, I read a I read a, a, a quote this week where the person said, um, uh, "Have you ever or have you ever noticed that when you point out something to your dog?" that the dog never looks at what you're pointing at, but they only look at your pointing finger. <laughs> and it was kind of like this, as this started to rattle around in my head, I said, man, I feel like, I feel like that's, that's a little bit like me. Um, just not really looking at the whole picture, not looking at the whole thing that's going on. When, when we think about this, you know, in, in the book of Colossians, Paul says that God, in, in Colossians 1.19, Paul says, that God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus. Let's think about that. God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus. And then in Colossians 2, 9, just a, a, a few verses later, Paul says, in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, in Christ, all of the fullness of, of God, Father, Son, Spirit, all of the fullness lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you've been brought into fullness. So what Paul is saying here is, listen, if you really want to know what God looks like, then do this. Look at Jesus. If you really want to know how kind God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know how merciful God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know how beautiful God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know how forgiving God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know how selfless God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know how angry God is, or lack thereof, look at Jesus. This, this is kind of a, a big deal uh, if we begin to understand 
that God looks like here. That's how he revealed himself to humanity and to all of creation. And I would suggest to you that Jesus actually came in part to show us just how joyful, which is where we're going tonight, how beautiful, how happy, how content God really is. Now, let's think about this for just a minute. Uh, just a quick word about joy as we look into this. Joy does not, it's not referring to, when we talk about joy, we're not referring to extreme happiness. Okay, because uh, a person can actually be joyful or be filled with joy and yet not necessarily be happy. We're talking about two very different things here. Uh, I once heard a, uh, a person say that joy is what is left over after life attacks your happiness. Now, think about this for a second, because you have met people, and you might be one of these people, but you have met people in your life who have so much less than you, wherever you fall on the spectrum, doesn't matter, you've met people that have so much less than you, they, they have illnesses that you don't have, they have issues with their kids, that you don't have, they have things that, that are simply not going their way, especially compared to you, and yet you've left those people and you've left those conversations at, time going, at times going, man, they just, all this is stacked against them, and yet they still have a peace about them. They still have a hope about them. They still have a joy about them. I, have you experienced this before? I mean, you've, you've found at least one person like this, and, and I oftentimes leave those conversations and I go, I want to be more like that person. I mean, I just, and I would suggest to you that those are people who are really experiencing this understanding and this idea of joy. I mean, life has come and it's attacked their happiness. And yet there's still this deep-seated sense of, of contentment of, you know, it, it's kind of, it's not good right now, but it's going to be okay. And I'm still, I'm not going to let Life. I'm not going to let this rob my joy, so to speak. I would say that joy is a state of being, and it's not dependent on our circumstances. Now, I, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't live most of my life this way. <laughs> I just I, my circumstances seem to determine a lot of things in my life. I mean, they they determine my happiness for sure, and I, I so I've really been pressing in this week about how they determine my joy, and I have found. Or as I'm, as I'm reflecting on this, I do. I would say that in our society, uh, we we struggle. We're going to struggle with this more than people in other societies, um, I, you know, because I, I've I've had opportunities to travel to to other uh, nations, and and I've had opportunities to actually sit, literally sit with the the poorest of the poor on the earth, and yet so those are some of the people that I've left going. How come they're not angry? I, you know, I mean, like. Uh, how come they're not frustrated? How, what's going on? Why, why do they seem to, to be content and, and joyful? And so I think in our society, part of this is allowing the Spirit of God, really allowing the Holy Spirit and wrestling with this with the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, regardless of my circumstances, what are you doing in this heart? What are you doing in, in, this, in this life that you've given to me? Real joy, I would say, endures through the circumstances. And, I, you know, I... Real joy ultimately comes from the Holy Spirit. You're not going to manufacture this. 
<laughs> you're not just going to have something bad happen to you or have a, have a difficult time and be like, by golly, I'm just going to pull myself up by the bootstraps and I'm just going to be happy anyway. That's probably not going to, you're probably not going to make that decision or at least it won't last very long. It'll feel phony unless the Holy Spirit's really the one that's generating it and, and moving it and breathing it and, and, and causing this flame to come to life within us, so to speak. So I would say that God is joy. We say this a lot, that God is love, and he is. But I would also say that God is joy. I would say that God himself embodies joy. And I do think that God, uh, Jesus showed us this, I think that God can get, however this works, and I don't really understand it, but I think God can get frustrated. I think uh, that, that God has, I, I think a range of emotions probably uh, sweep over God. And I would say that confidently because I think we see a range of emotions sweep over Jesus. I mean, we see Jesus cry when his best friend Lazarus is laying in a, in, in, in a tomb. And Jesus is crying. I don't think he's putting on a show. I think Jesus is actually upset because his best friend is laying in a tomb. Uh, you know, I, I think that we see Jesus come, become frustrated at times. Like when he says things to his disciples like, oh, my gosh, how many how long do I have to explain this to you guys over and over and over again? It's like Jesus with his kids, kind of like I am with my kids. You know, I, how many times, boys, do I have to tell you to clean your bathroom? Apparently. It's, I mean, we're at least right now we're at 6,732, so it's more than that. You know, it's, it's, but you have to, you know, so I think Jesus experiences these emotions, but still, at the core of God's being, I would suggest that God is joyful. And I would suggest that God came to the planet in Jesus, in human form, as a human being, to show us that God is joyful and that God's not angry. Think about this. Luke chapter 2. This is, and this is, this, is the, this is the narrative. This is the story that we look at for these four or five weeks. But here's how, here's how Luke wrote it. He says, listen, in the region uh, where, where these guys were, there were some shepherds. And they were staying out in the fields, and they were keeping watch over the flock. And this angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and, and uh, the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said, hey, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Today in the city of David, there's been born to you a Savior who is Christ, the anointed one, the Lord. And this is going to be the sign for you. There's, you're going to go and you'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and they'll be lying in a manger. And, and suddenly there appeared the angel and the multitude and the heavenly host, uh, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men and women with whom God is pleased. Remember last week we talked about peace, and we talked about this phrase, peace upon men and women with whom God is pleased. Now that could be read, and I think it's often read, and I believe incorrectly read, that peace is for the men and the women who God is pleased with. So if God is pleased with that particular man or that particular woman, peace upon them. But I don't think that's not how the author is writing this. Peace, that's not how the angels are singing this. Peace to all of creation. Like this is what God is doing. Peace. God is pleased with people. God loves people. Well, you mean God loves good Christian people? Yes. But you don't mean that God loves, you know, evil bad people? Yes, God does. <laughs> God just, God loves. And God is mercy. And God is 
beautiful, and God is gracious. And so, yes, when God comes to the planet, God comes to the planet to say, peace. Here, I am, I, I, here it is. And here we are where the angels are saying to the shepherds. Now, what happened? What's it say about the shepherds? The shepherds saw the angel of God, and the shepherds were afraid. Shepherds were afraid. And so the angel says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be frightened. Because what we have is good news. And the good news is about a great, amazing, fantastic joy for all of the world. Okay, so let's go back to Genesis 1. Let's, let's think through the narrative of this. What happens with Adam and Eve? Like, keep in mind, Adam and Eve... Uh, as, the, as the story is, is told to us, there are these human beings, Adam and Eve, and they're, they're living in this, this paradise, and they are living in this paradise with one another. They're connected to one another. They are fully connected to God. It says that God walks through this paradise with them, like walks through with them. They're, they're hanging out, spending time together. They're fully connected to the creation. So all this is going good. Adam and Eve go in, and, and they, they step away. They eat of this fruit. They, they step into this, this, this place where, where God has said, hey, don't go over there. And what do Adam and Eve do after that? The scripture says that they were filled with shame, and then what do they do? What do they do? They cover up, and they hide. They hide. Now think for a second. Who has changed in this, in this story? Who has changed? Adam and Eve. God hasn't changed. I mean, God's still, he's still the same being that was walking through the garden with them. Who's changed? Adam and Eve have changed. All of a sudden, Adam and Eve feel ashamed. All of a sudden, Adam and Eve are afraid. All of a sudden, Adam and Eve are hiding. And God comes back to the garden. He's like, hey, where are you guys? You know, what, what's going on? You see, all, all of a sudden what happens is there's this, there's this picture, and it takes place. And I would say that this is part of what happens in fallen creation is that we create. And I, 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 to go a little bit deeper, I think that these are parts of the kingdom of darkness and the schemes of darkness. But we create this false image within our heads that now this is what's happened. So now we need to be afraid. Now we need to hide. Now we need to be frightened. And, and this, this is in line with, with, with all of the gods throughout all, the, all of Roman history and, 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 and Greek mythology. I mean, this is, the gods were to be feared in such a way. And we're not talking fear like what we're talking in the scripture where, you know, when it says fear the Lord, it's, 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 more, of a, it's a more of a reverence and a trust. I mean, the, the, the Greek and, and uh, Roman mythology was fear, like there are lightning bolts, and they're coming to strike you. But you see, this is part of the human psyche. And I believe that this is exactly what God is coming to the planet in Jesus to say is, no, like that's not the kind of God that I am. I'm not like those other gods where you have to fear the lightning bolt. I'm not like those other gods where you have to hide from me. So he says to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be frightened. Come Come out of your hiding, and here's why. Because we have come with good news. Like this is good news that we have. 
The good news is that God is good. The good news is that God is filled with joy. The good news is that God is not angry at you. The good news is that this is a God who has got wide open arms and saying, come here and experience love and beauty and mercy and forgiveness and wholeness and reconciliation. Like that, this is like, this is a good thing. God is not a monstrous God. God did not send Jesus, and Jesus did not come to the planet to save us from God. Jesus didn't come to the planet to save us from God. Jesus came to the planet to reveal to us who God really is. <laughs> the cool story in the book of Luke, what happens uh, when Mary goes to talk to Elizabeth, her, her uh, uh, cousin, and, and she's like, hey, uh, turns out I'm pregnant uh, with God. <laughs> and it says that the baby within Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, leapt for joy in the womb of Elizabeth. <laughs> like, can we, is it possible that, that some of these might be more than, like there's, there's more going on here than what we've given credit for? I mean, like when John the Baptist finds himself in the womb in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of God, it's, it's not a cowering. It's like, oh, wow. And then Jesus says in John 15, he says, listen, the Father has loved me, and so I've loved you the same way. And here's what I want you to do. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love just as I've kept the Father's commands, and I remain in, in his love. And I've told you all these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Again, God God's nature and God's character is that of joy. And Jesus comes to say, listen, and I'm giving this to you because I want your joy to be complete. Come out of hiding. Come out of these, this, 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 this image, these pictures that, that you might have. God wants to share this joy with us. And this is what the good news is. This is the good news. We talk about the gospel and the good news. And, and, and there's one stream in, in, in today's uh, especially in the West, there's one stream of Christianity that pretty much says that the good news is that Jesus came to die on the cross to forgive us for our sins so we can go to heaven when we die. And I would say that that is like a, if, 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 if the good news is a whole pie, I would say that that's like this itty bitty sliver of the pie. Because the good news is that God is so passionate and so loves human beings that God comes to be a human being in the form of Jesus to say, this is what I'm like. And, and, and here I am, and I am forgiving, and I'm selfless, and I'm merciful and beautiful and, and, and gracious and joyful. And I, God didn't just clean, come to clean up a mess around here. That's part of it. He certainly came. I mean, the world's pretty broken. Would we agree? So that's part of the mission. <laughs> part of the mission is to, to, to begin to repair and reconcile and, and, and complete and, 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 and fix a, a very broken world. There are problems that need to be fixed, but it gave God great joy even in that to do that and to share it with us. And so what happens now is when we're filled with joy, you know, I, that's why as a church, we're just, we, we, <laughs> here's what we're striving for as a church, as a community of faith. We're striving as a people to be the people 
who follow that passage where Jesus says, listen, I didn't come to put anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Like, I came that you might learn the unforced rhythms of grace and that you might, you might live free in this life. And that's the kind of church that we want to be. Like, where we're not putting heavy stuff on people and, and ill-fitting things on people. And, 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 you know, if you don't do this, out of, you know, and where we drive people by fear and by manipulation. I mean, I just, I want people in our community, this community here, to experience, like, the goodness and the beauty and the mercy and the joy of, of God. And they can't do that. People won't experience that when, even when we are walking around fearful of God and, and scared of God and, and always looking over our shoulders and, and, and wondering, oh man, I, I messed this up and now, I, now you know, God's probably angry again and, and I, you know, this happened in my, and God's probably angry. No, no, it's, it's, we're missing, I think we have a, a, a messed up picture of who God is when we're, when we're living and walking and, and breathing that way. Maybe a picture that would work better is if we understood God and this is, this is incredibly biblical, but if we understood God as being a dancing God. It's incredibly biblical because the way that the, the scripture kind of portrays God is that God is, is Father and Son and Spirit. And that the, this triune God, this Trinitarian God, is like literally this dancing God who is so filled with life and so filled with joy that it just out of this joy and out of this life that God creates and God moves, and God ebbs, and God flows, and God breathes, so that we could understand that here, here right now in this place, that God is dancing all about this. That God is dancing all about what's happening here tonight. Because, uh, you know, some of, some of uh, his people are, are worshiping together, and, and sharing communion together, and celebrating broken walls together. You know, the walls that have been broken down. And also, at the exact same moment, at this exact same moment, God is dancing over conversations that are taking place at Monkey Monkey. You know, people sitting around coffee tables right now, and God's dancing over that. And, and, and there's, right now, there's, there's, there's babies being born in the hospital, and God is dancing over that. And right now, there, there's someone else who is, is being buried right now, but God is dancing over that because God is present there, and God is in it. God is in it, and God is here, and God is with us, and God is everywhere. I mean, and, and God is excited because God loves people. God's dancing about it. This, to me, is good news. This is good news. And so what happens is, the question is, can we, can we see it? Can we, can we imagine that? Can we experience that? Can we, can we, can we actually believe that? And, and there's a part of us, and it depends on how you walked in here tonight, because there's a part of us that's like, yeah, yeah, of course. I, totally, that sounds, um, yeah, that sounds like God. And yet, at some point over this past week, or at some point in this upcoming week, depending on, on how much we really allow this to form and shape our minds, when, when something doesn't go our way, or, or when, we, when we fall into a particular pattern, that, that we, we, we kind of hate about ourselves, then how, how do we start to see how God sees us in those patterns? You know, there are patterns in my life. There, there are a couple of particular patterns in my life that I don't really like that are in my life. There are a couple of patterns that I don't like about myself, and there are some things, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly just pressing into these things and working through them. And sometimes I get to thinking, you know, because I hate these things about me so much, you know, um, I have a difficult time separating hating myself <laughs> versus hating those things. And when I do that, you know what ends up happening? 
it affects how I understand and look at God because I then begin to think that God must also have the same problem with separating these things. And so I need to get my crap straight again before God can actually still remain pleased and joyful and proud and happy. And it's just, I, it's just it doesn't work like that. God is, God is, God is pleased. And God is happy. And God is joyful. And you're not going to rob that of, you're not going to rob him of that. And in the process now, we, we move and ebb and flow in our lives, not out of fear, but out of this, this intense love and mercy and beauty and joy that God has. The question is, can you imagine this? Can you see this? Can you, can you, can you uh, begin to, to, to exercise this and experience this? And, and here's how I've done it, even this week. Everywhere I've gone, I've tried to, in my imagination, what does it look like for God to be dancing in this particular situation? What does it look like for God to be dancing over this conversation? What does it look like for God to be dancing in this environment? What does it look like for God? And, and for me, the, the dancing uh, image is more like this whimsical, just kind of, just kind of like this, this cool, hopping around, I'm excited, kind of like this is what God is doing. And, I'm, and, and so what happen, what's happening to me is in conversations, I'm just, I'm just like, God, what are you, what are you generating here? You know, what are you, in this conversation, what words are you generating? What, what, uh, what attitudes are you generating? What, what feeling are you bringing? What, uh, what, what beautiful things are happening right here? I'm in the middle of work. I'm in the middle of talking to a coworker. I'm in the middle of walking down the street or riding my bike or I'm in the middle of working out. What are you doing right here? Because you're here and you're happy and you're happy to be here. Last, last verse, last thought. 2 Corinthians 3 says, uh, Paul says, whenever anyone turns to God, uh, the veil over their, their eyes is taken away. Now, the Lord is uh, the spirit and where the spirit of God is, there's freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces, we contemplate God's glory. And here's what's happening. We're being transformed into God's image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so what Paul is saying here is, listen, you're, you're able, you and I, we're able to, to look upon God with eyes of the Spirit, and we're able to actually see and begin to imagine and understand what God is like. And it, 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 it begins to transform our thoughts it begins to transform our understanding. It begins to transform the image that we have of God. Our minds become uh, able to see God more fully for who God is. And so I would suggest to you that if you have a picture in any way, shape, or form of God, that, that God is, is upset with you, that God is angry with you, that God is, is waiting for you to, to get your stuff straight, or that God is, you know, or, or that if you screw this up, that God is, is now withholding from you. I want to invite you to, to lay that down before God and say, God, what do you want to do with this? Because I would suggest that that is a false image of who God actually is and what God is actually like. I heard one guy, one guy said it like this. He's like, he said, this week, you know, why don't we go out and spend some time faithing? <laughs> faithing. And faithing is simply this idea that we just go out and we start, we start moving in this way and thinking in this way that, you know what, by faith, I just, I accept that God, you're, you're happy. I accept by faith that you're happy. And, and, and by faith, I accept, God, that you're happy with, with all the people that I come into to, to contact with this week. Boy, let me tell you, that will radically change how you come into contact with people this week. Because now it's not my job to change people. It's not my job to, 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 to point people, you know, to point out um, 
bad stuff in their life. It's not my job to correct people. It's just my job to be like, man, God's just, God's here and God's happy. And I believe that, I really do believe that the Spirit of God is big enough and strong enough and courageous enough and merciful enough to, to penetrate the hearts and minds of people and that God will bring about change. And so I can be a, a joyful presence and just smile over people and love on people. We cultivate it, we face it, practice facing it. And I, I, I promise you this stuff, this is, this is who we are as a church. This is the direction we're moving. This stuff becomes a reality. Do you agree that God's people should be known for their joy? You know, I mean, like, really, like, like literal joy. I think, I, I love this series. I love what we're doing with Advent. I love Advent because we're talking about, like, God's people should be known for hope. God's people should be known for peace. That was the last. God's people should be known for joy. God's people should be known for love, which is next week. Did you notice that in none of those things did we say what God's people, you know, God's people shouldn't, shouldn't be known for? You know, I mean, we shouldn't be known for our manipulation. We shouldn't be known for our judgmentalism. We shouldn't be known for our deciding who's in and who's out. Like, we, those aren't the things we celebrate. We should be known for the same things Jesus is known for. So, here's what I'd like to do this evening as we, uh, as we kind of pull this thing together. Why don't we why don't we why don't we stand up together? Let's let's do this. And I'm, I'm I want to pray for us.